if you had a team of loggers and you're cutting through the Amazon, you're just cutting, 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 you're going forward and you never actually come up to the top of the trees and look down and see if you're going in the right direction. We got to step outside of the, the tall grass, get out of the weeds, and we've got to look down upon our business and be able to move the chess pieces. Whether it's us or, or somebody else, we've got to kind of look at this thing um, from a 30,000 foot view and not be stuck in the, in the weeds all the time. Welcome to The Lensetter Show, the show that blends the art of sales, the science of success, and the strategies of real experts in the mortgage and sales industries to help you grow your client base, increase your revenue, and get in control of your life. I'm your host, Preston Schmidley. Kick back, enjoy the episode, and don't forget to subscribe. Hey, what's going on, friend? Welcome to this episode of The Lensetter Show. I am very excited today for a very special guest, Lynn Askin, who is our EOS implementer. And if you don't know what EOS is, it's Entrepreneurial Operating System. It is, it's a, a structure that, Lynn, how many people have gone through now? Well, I mean, we've, we've uh, implemented EOS of 135,000 full day sessions with over 20,549 companies. Okay. Okay. Well, that's quite specific. <laughs> so, so there you go. It's, it's been rolled out for a lot of different businesses and it's, it's a process of essentially, you know, uh, updating the software, if you will, and creating a unanimous throughout the entire organization, a, a unified front, all moving in the same direction. Um, it's, it's essentially order for the normal chaos of business, right? And uh, so EOS has been really great. And Lynn is an EOS implementer. Now, EOS by itself uh, is, I would say it's complicated to take on by yourself. That's not to say you can't, but I mean, there's like seven, maybe eight books worth of content and it's all pretty unique content. So there's a lot of material that goes into EOS and, um, you know, we actually tried to go at this ourselves once, like maybe two and a half years ago, three years ago, we failed. Uh, failed is probably a strong word, but we, we just, we kind of burnt out on it. It just didn't feel like it was clicking with us and we just said F it, right? And so when we grew to over, we're going on 60 team members now, we just knew we can't keep doing this. We got it. We got to reapproach this. And so that was where we wanted to start working with somebody. We didn't know who yet, but Lynn came into our, our world through the recommendation of a few uh, friends that we trust dearly. And, uh, you know, from that, he's been helping us implement and EOS, which means he's essentially facilitating it in our business and guiding us as a leadership team and rolling this out. And it's been so powerful, so monumental. There's been massive change in communication and in, in, I would say speed of response to issues of, uh, you know, our meeting structures are so much more meaningful now. And, and we literally had a, a, our leadership call. It was the first one we ever had where a hundred percent of the leadership team, we, we had spoken about all issues that we got and literally at the end of the meeting, everyone's like, I think we're good. I think that's it. And we all were like, holy shit, this is the first time this has happened. So it was a really cool experience. So uh, I'm really excited for this episode to dive into EOS and to dive into to what it's like to work with and have an implementer and, and to be an implementer. So Lynn, thank you so much for joining us today. Lynn, why don't you why don't you talk to our listeners real quick? Give I mean, obviously, I could give you an intro from my perspective, but why don't you talk about what it means to be an EOS implementer? Sure. Hey, thanks for having me, Preston. This is uh, this is really cool to be on. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess my story starts uh, about nine years old. I had a I had a paper route when I was nine. I just became an entrepreneur. You know, I, I lived in a family of of uh, you know I lived in a loving home. I, my, there was a lot of love in my house, but we didn't have much. Uh, and so my my parents gave gave me everything I needed, uh, but not always everything I wanted. And so. Mm -hmm. 
I certainly had to, um, you know, if there was something I wanted as a kid, I, I, I earned it. And so I had various jobs, again, paper route, mobile disc jockey at some point. Nice. And so I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, you know, started one of the one of the first online auctions in 1996, built my first e-commerce store in 97, and then uh, started building websites and, and digital marketing for other people probably back then. Um, so you've been doing that you know, for 20, 25 years? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit, you've seen some stuff. I've seen a few things, yeah. <laughs> and over the years, you know, I, I, I had the same problems that everybody else had, you know. Um, we, we just sort of a lack of clear vision from the top, you know. We, we, we didn't know who we were and who we served. Um, we had a, some employees that were sort of one foot in the door and one foot out, and there was really a lack of um, discipline and accountability across the board. But despite all of that, Preston had a pretty successful agency. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 2020, it was October, uh, I collapsed in my yard mm-hmm. and had a massive pulmonary embolism. And, uh, you know, I... I most people that, that suffer that don't make it. And I was raced to the hospital. And all I could think about on that drive to the hospital was that, w- one, I had just lost my father. And now my son was losing his. Mm. And two, what kind of mess did I leave them? You know, I, my wife was going to have to go down to my office. She was going to have to fire all of our team. She was going to lose all of our clients. And she would have locked the door behind me. And that would have been my legacy. That's, that's the mess that I would have left them. That would have been their final memories of me going and cleaning up my messes there. Cause I had a, I had a job. I didn't have a business. Right. Uh, I had a business that, that I, that required me to be there in, in a hundred percent in the day to day. So really Preston, that's when I started searching. I knew I had to do something different. I mean, obviously I survived. Thank God. Um, took me two or three months to sort of recover from that probably three months before I even felt good enough to work again. And, uh, but I, I knew I was on a mission to build something different for my family. I, I began to try and figure out, you know, how do I systemize and build this business in such a way that I'm not so involved in the day to day. There was something that was more of an asset for my family that I could eventually sell or exit. And, and if, if I were to, to die, I, I would leave them, leave them something. And, and really, honestly, that's when I found EOS. That's awesome. Um, we, we spent the next couple of years systemizing our, our business, uh, we grew, we, we 3X'd our gross revenues, we 7X'd our net profit. And I just sort of, we, we grew from 10 employees to 27. And I just, more importantly, I guess, I took myself out of the day-to-day of operations running my agency. And um, I don't know, I guess I just fell in love with the EOS. EOS in a lot of ways saved my life. I guess I drank all the EOS Kool-Aid because I just, I, I loved the process and I wanted to share it with other agency owners and other business owners just like myself um, and so, you know, they could sort of achieve that, that, that arc that I did, um, from, you know, owning a business that was really a job to basically, you know, my business runs itself. Yeah. What's interesting, you, you, you talked about that. Um, when, when I had an insurance brokerage, we had good vibe squad and McBee and I were, uh, co-founders of a software company when we actually did the official launch of the software, I had been grinding, uh, you know, I'd been working my ass off trying to stay afloat. And, and I too had a pulmonary embolism. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember it because like, I'm literally in the launch and then the, the hospital I was in, they had, uh, they were like overfilled or whatever. And so they just stuck an IV in me. They put me in a chair in the hallway. And so I, I, I well, actually 
in hindsight, I was a little upset about this because I was used to, I, I went to the plasma center so much. I was used to like, they just put a needle in you, you know, when you're doing that. I didn't know IVs could bend or else I would use both hands. But at the time I thought I could only use the one arm. So like I'm on launch day with my non-dominant hand trying to like still work because it's launch day. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> embolism or not, I got shit to do. And so, uh, that was a really interesting experience. Um, I, uh, you know, it's scary. And that I, I feel like I, I connect with a lot of what you just mentioned there, you know, and especially, um, the leaving messes behind it's, it's amazing how that's been kind of a focus of McBee and I is prioritizing, focusing on, you know, creating a business that's sellable. Right. And it's like, n not because we want to sell, but it's like, I, you know, it's amazing how many businesses or entrepreneurs like build a business that is really like an exoskeleton around them and if if something happened to them the it, the whole thing would implode right and so it's amazing how lack of systems lack of i mean even us and we you know we grew uh uh you know to about five million in revenue uh, uh this last year and even with that you can go to that distance you can go further than that with very little structure but like you said i mean you know, it's a house of cards uh, at a certain extent if you don't start to systematize it and, and, and create an infrastructure to where even in your absence, things continue. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's been a priority of us over the last year, year and a half. And, um, you know, it's it's been huge. I mean, it's it's weird because it's not necessarily the stuff that drives immediate profit. But it's also the stuff that makes it so the team is more empowered. They're they're more knowledgeable about what's expected and what you know what's required uh, of them as an individual, but as a part of the team. And and uh, it's it's been a really good process. And and I and and like I said, while I while I don't feel like it's the immediate profit stuff, I feel like we're raising the ceiling, right? Because there's a certain point where it's like you can't go any further and you can't go any faster, right? And you got to change something to be able to unlock new potential. And so that's, that's what a lot of, I mean, EOS is a big part of that, you know, for us, uh, and working with you, um, ha, ha, that, that's been really transformative for our agency. Yeah. So I, you know, you said that you originally thought about, you know, building a business to sell, I did the same. And so when I had my massive pulmonary embolism, um, I've got a text from my doctor here. It's, it's really kind of crazy. He said, uh, Oh my gosh, we almost lost you. Um, that was the largest, scariest blood clot I've ever seen. And had you not come to my office today, you would have died in your sleep tonight. That hits you pretty hard. Yeah. And so, you know, I think, I, you know, you, you panic a little bit and you go, man, I've got I've to change my life. I've got to sell this business. And so I actually started on a mission to build a business that I could sell. And as I found EOS and I started to build it, and I started to get better team in place and started to get better vision and started to get uh, better things going on the business side. I actually fell in love with it again. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to get burned out in your business when it's tough, yeah. but when things start to come together and your team buys in and you all share the same vision or you're all rowing the same direction. Now I, I don't want to sell the business. Now I have options. Mm -hmm. That, that, that's, no. uh, that's, that's really powerful. I mean, I, I actually can connect with that because through the EOS language, you know, you have the visionary and the integrator. For those that aren't familiar, visionary is the person that brings a vision. They, they, you know, they're the idea person of the business usually, um, which you know I would say they're the chaos. They're 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 the new frontier, but they're also all of the the chaos that happens from that. 
uh, and then the integrator is more of the order. They're the person who takes the vision and, and works with the team to implement uh, and, or to create that, that, that vision and make it real. Um, and, you know, one of the things I've realized is we, uh, we have, um, we've had a VP of operations for a while and, you know, we've been, we've been working to get him into the integrator role. I actually just finished rocket fuel myself uh, yesterday. I, I, and I was, dude, I was notes. I was audibling it while I'm reading it. And I'm like going back, like I was like studying the book. And, uh, so that was all yesterday and it, it's amazing. Um, you know, I guess you could call it failure to launch because, you know, we, we tried to get this integrator for so long and we even had a person to do it, which is kind of interesting. We had a person who's very intelligent to do it, but I didn't realize how much I didn't know about what I was trying to get them to do. Right. And so I'm like, yo, you're the integrator. But like, I didn't even know what that meant. Right. And so after going through this process, it's, it's been really in instrumental for me because for the longest time, I'm, I'm a visionary in our business and I thrive at, you know, when my head's in the clouds, I can I can have my feet on the ground for a while, but eventually I get you know bored and I get it's just not it's just not my, my zone of genius. And uh, um, I feel like I've had to kind of walk with a limp on a lot of integrator type stuff. And a lot of that was because I. I don't know. I don't know that I had a fear of letting go, but I, I had a, I didn't know how to, I think is the bigger thing, right? It's like, I didn't know how to, it's one thing to delegate a task. It's another to delegate systems. It's another to delegate ideas. Like uh, that was a new exercise for me. And so it, it's interesting that, that kind of, you mentioned that because I, I can connect with, I can connect with the idea of lacking clarity in the business and maybe not on the vision, right? I don't feel like I've ever lacked visionary clarity, but lacking like, okay, so I got these ideas. How do we make these real? Right. It's a very different skill set. It's a very different task. Yeah. I would say that most, uh, you know, it's kind of a sad state, but most visionaries vision is never, never realized. You know, we have all of these ideas and all these things we want to do, but we, ha we lack we lack in the sort of execution or discipline or accountability part of that or how to get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we have shorter attention spans, I think, than, than, you know, people that are, that are high follow through, you know, we're very visionary. We're very quick start. We, we, you know, our vision doesn't always get, uh, realized. And so it's a difficult thing to let go of that. I, I saw a quote the other day, I think it was Dan Martell. He said, uh, 80%, 80% done by somebody else is a hundred percent awesome. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so it is hard to let go of those tasks, but, um, like anything else, EOS is, it's a framework. It's not, you know, it's not magic. There's no silver right. bullets. There's no magic beans. It's just simple, timeless concepts that are executed, uh, executed correctly and in a framework. So there's, uh, basically an answer to almost every problem that you have. There's a, there's a spot for it and there's a way to handle it. So Lynn, let's, let's kind of do a slight pivot here. Um, let's kind of talk to, uh, you know, let, let's zoom in a little bit because obviously we, our main audience is mortgage professionals, right? So a lot of these people, so like when you're talking to the broker crowd, there's a good chance they're a broker owner, right? They own a small brokerage. Um, but a lot of these people are originators, right? So while they are to some extent self-employed, um, this might be new, they might be small, they're trying to figure this out, right? And Oftentimes, from what I've observed just in, in my time serving professionals, whether it be insurance, real estate, mortgage, um, they tend to be operators, right? They tend to be people who do the thing. 
And then eventually they don't want a boss anymore. And so, they go, you know, I'm just going to do this for myself. But that's a very, that's like a different job, right? Is to be like, okay, it's one thing to do the thing. It's another to run the business that does the thing, right? And, and that's I, something I've seen a lot of people struggle with um, just through this journey. So I'd be curious um, what your take is, you know, let's say you're talking to a mortgage professional who's on the, on, on an, it's a new frontier for them as an entrepreneur trying to build a business. What, what are some of the first things that you would do EOS or not to try to create a little bit of order out of the chaos? Um, one of the first things I think that I would, would suggest that they do is, is just take a few moments, you know, sit down, put both feet on the floor, take a couple of deep breaths and sort of maybe even close your eyes and, and elevate above your business. Uh, I want you to look down upon the thing so you can see all of its moving parts, including yourself, because, you know, we got to step outside of the, the tall grass, get out of the weeds, and we've got to look down upon our business and be able to move the chess pieces, whether it's us or, or somebody else. We've got to kind of look at this thing um, from a 30,000-foot view and not be stuck in the, in the weeds all the time. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's really difficult. I, I think we sort of liken it to... You know, if you if you had a team of loggers and you're cutting through the Amazon, you're just cutting, 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 you're going forward and you never actually come up to the top of the trees and look down and see if you're going in the right direction. Right. You could be cutting in circles. You could be cutting in the wrong direction. You could be, you know, you could be making a mess of things. Sure. And so um, U.S. has, you know, some core foundational tools that I think are, are really important uh, to look at. And one of those, I would say, is the vision traction organizer. And this is really just about defining you know, your vision, whether it's, you know, your core value, your core values or your core focus. Or uh, the other thing that we help you set up is like a 10 year target or five or 10 or 30 year target, something big, something that you're aiming towards, um, something that your team can buy into and believe in that you can all move forward in the same direction. Um, you know, then we take a look at your marketing strategy we kind of dial in, you know, your target market, what makes you unique? You know, do you have any guarantees? What's your proven process? Uh, and things like that. And then we move on to like your three-year picture, one-year plan. And then what we really try to do from an EOS standpoint is get you working in sort of a 90-day world, which is where every 90 days you're getting together as a leadership team. You are uh, solving your biggest problems. You're figuring out what your biggest priorities are for the next 90 days. Uh, and then you're going back into your business with discipline and accountability and knocking out the biggest priorities over the next 90 days. And so, you know, where EOS can help you fit into, um, you know, where am I headed in my life? Um, the Vision Traction Organizer is a great place to start. Just gives you that sort of thirty thousand foot view that you can just step out of the out of the weeds and the grass and and look above your business. So the VTO, the Vision Traction Organizer, that that uh, for for people that haven't that aren't familiar with EOS, would you liken that to kind of like a almost like a business plan summary? It is, but it's a, it's a, it's not a forty-page business plan. It's a two-page business plan, right? And it consists of just eight questions. And so, the more that we can get you and your team aligned around those eight questions, um, the more likelihood that you that you reach those five and ten-year targets and hit all those goals that we talked about and actually achieve the vision that you have for your company. It's interesting uh, going through the process with you, um, you know, because we had core values long before you came and working with us and, and, you know, we had a mission long before that since like 2019, uh, um, you know, and, and, and the cool thing about that process was even as a leadership team over the years, I feel like the, the, 
the meaning of the mission and the meaning of the core values. If you ask different people in leadership, you would have got a different definition to what that actually meant. Um, and it was really cool to relook at those things, you know, because it's like mission's not permanent necessarily. The companies evolve and change and grow and, uh, you know, as they, as they learn themselves and clarify what's important, you know, those things are subject to change and, and the core values as well. It was really cool to unify, uh, uh, through that process. And, and, um, I think the biggest thing for me, you know, because even though, I mean, we're not, we're not unsuccessful by any measure. And I mean, success is kind of, it's endless. It's like, you know, it never ends. So, but it's like, we, I don't think we're unsuccessful by any measure, but, but we've done some cool things. Right. And, uh, even with that, it's amazing at how, how you can, how one can operate for a long period of time lacking clarity. And not that I'm advocating for it. I'm just saying you can go years without really looking inward and looking, like you said, kind of zooming out and looking at your business. And, and, uh, you know, when, when I look at the times in our business where we were really struggling, I, I actually feel like those were the times, you know, we, where we either plateaued or whatever, right? So we, we were struggling to overcome challenges. It really did stem from a lack of clarity, lack of clarity around what's important, uh, uh what our values are, um, you know, and, and not that I didn't know what they were because I, you know, obviously we created them. So I feel like McBilly and I were the closest to that, but it's like, one of the things I realized this too, is people need to be reminded way more than they need to be taught, right? You can't just put the posters up and expect people to remember the core values. And it's like, yes, I do that. I remember them, but I made them. Of course, I, it's my business, right? And so it's, it's actually really cool because now we're taking a lot of stuff we've gone through and these are like filters that we're using in the hiring process in the, in the, we're creating a performance review process and rolling that out. And it's like, you know, we're measuring people, not just on output, but are you aligned with what we're doing here? You know, are you aligned with our core values and our mission? Are you on the same page as us? Cause if not, let's free up your future. You know, let's, let's make sure that you're happy and excited about waking up and doing this and vice versa for me. Like I want us all winning. Even if it's not here, I want you winning, you know? And so it's, it was just really cool to kind of create that clarity around um, what we're doing, why we're doing it, and where we're going. And, uh, you know, I feel like, I, like in our vision building days, I really felt that. Um, I did, and I guess the bigger, the bigger discovery for me was I didn't know how unclear we were. Like it didn't feel like it, you know, I knew that we needed to do some stuff, but I, I you know, it, it's hard to see through the fog when you're in that point, right? And uh, um, I, I, I wish I would. It's it's actually kind of simple looking back. I'm like, oh, okay. I just have a new perspective and that perspective allows me to see things differently. But um, the challenges that we faced were honestly kind of simple. And, and a lot of the stuff with EOS actually, it's complex to me in one facet just because it's a lot of new information, uh, a lot of new concepts, you know, and they have a lot of their own language. And so there's kind of the, okay, well, what's a VTO? What's a vision building day? What's a, you know, it's like, okay. So you have to, you have to have some initial translation for these these trademark terms, but um, outside of that, it's so simple. Like once you once you start to pick it up, it's like the things that to us felt like big monsters that we couldn't tackle were just a small tweak, you know, a small tweak in understanding, a small tweak in operation, and that that's been really powerful. I feel like McBee and I have leveled up quite substantially as as CEOs. Uh, over the last six months, it's been it's been really cool. 
one of the things you said there um, is just not understanding or not knowing how um, unclear the vision was. Um, one of the things that, that jumped in my head when you said that is um, there's a man named Kurt Godel. He's one of Einstein's contemporaries. He, he said that he proved scientifically that you can't both understand a system and be a part of the system at the same time. Mm. Um, my friend Jody Underhill says it a little different way, and I, I like his way too. He says you can't see the picture when you're standing in the frame. Mm. Right? Sometimes you got to step outside of that. And, yeah, you know, us as as visionaries, the CEOs, we're like, yeah, our, our core values are just common sense or, or our vision or our mission is common sense. But it's amazing when you get in a room of people and they don't know it and they don't understand it. And so by contrast, imagine a scenario where your entire team shared your vision. Wherever you looked in your team, top to bottom, you see your core values being exhibited, right? Yeah. Uh, imagine your entire team where your your ten year target, your three year goals, your one year goals, all of that was super crystal clear. You know, that's just a, a quite a difference between that and a company that, quite frankly, most of us are operating about twenty percent strong in in most of our key areas. I was going to say it's a, it's it's kind of interesting to observe how dysfunctional a business can be, but still maintain. Um, you know, I uh, yeah, I, I've. For a long time, especially before our last, you know, we kind of reset goals and do, we did some, you know, hip shot math on our, our three-year, five-year targets, and um, that helped recalibrate. But but I, I've been pretty proud about what we've done. You know, I mean, like you know, I come from nothing, and it's like we don't have a. I mean, we have a small business by small business definition, but it's like we've done some cool stuff. You know, it's like you've got, got a pretty big agency. I yeah. Mean, to create 60 jobs. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of, uh, I think that that's kind of a cool thing. Um, and even with that, like going through EOS, it's, it, it just made me realize it's like, we've had a lot of dysfunction. That's not, you know, I, and really that's the fault of leadership in the lack of clarity, right? Cause everybody's going their own way, doing their own thing. And, and it's, can I, can I stop you for a second? Yeah. That's a hundred percent normal. I don't, I don't, I don't want anybody to feel like there, you know, this chaos is not normal. It's normal in most businesses. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just, I just didn't want you to, you know, you guys have, have created a very successful business. Yeah. Well, and thank you. Um, but, but still knowing what I know now, it makes me go, well, fuck. If I would have known this three years ago, we'd be 15 million, not five, <laughs> 20 million. And, and so it's, uh, it's, it's painful, but I'm also grateful to have, I'd rather learn it now than learn it, you know, when I'm 50. I, I don't know any, I don't know any EOS, you know, any company implementing EOS that doesn't say, I wish I'd have done this sooner. I mean, every single person I've worked with is I wish, you know, but best plant, best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best times today, right? Yeah. And so we all wish we had a little more organizational, a little sooner in our company. Um, but, so, but I think it's, I think it's interesting that one of the one of the discoveries that Gino Wickman made as he as he created EOS. I'm, I'm I don't want to make sure that you guys know that this isn't my system. This is a, a proven system created by somebody called a man named Gino Wickman. Um, is that the I don't know. The EOS was created because of a difference between two kinds of companies. Um, the 95% out there who are, you know, the business owners are, are working their butts off. They're struggling. They're, they're making it work. It's chaotic. Um, but, but man, they're, they're missing their kids' events. They're, they're working 16-hour days. They're doing a lot of stuff. And then there's that other sort of 5% of successful 
entrepreneurial companies whose business owners are also working hard, um, but they're actually solving the problems. You know, we all face these 136 simultaneous issues. Like we're just bombarded all the time with these things that are hitting us. And the difference between the two companies is really that the really good ones get really, really good at solving those issues as they arise on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and they're solving them. And then they get to move on to the next set of issues. Yeah. And so they're always solving something new. It's always a little bit chaotic. I think we all thrive in that a little bit. We're all sort of cut from the same cloth in that way uh, as an entrepreneur. But the really successful companies are solving those problems, moving on to the next one and feel like they're making progress. The others or the rest of us, um, we're dealing with the same issues over and over and over. We never really solve them at the root. And we basically have the worst case of business deja vu ever. Well, I think part of that is, I mean, yeah, the, the obviously lessons are repeated until learned, right? But, but um, and that's kind of universal. That's, you know, family trauma, that's business, that's all of it, right? But, but I, I think that what you really spoke to there to an extent is money like speed. You know what I mean? Like it's, if you can solve something in an hour instead of taking two weeks, you just bought, you know, a, a week and, you know, 1.99 weeks. Like it's like, that's a, that's a big deal. That's meaningful. And that allows you to move on to the next meaningful thing. And so, I, you know, and I felt that for myself it, through this process is the clarity creates speed. And that speed creates money, profit, strength, you know, um, and, because it's like if I were to go as fast as we want to go without the clarity, we'd all be running in different directions. It, honestly, I'd imagine it would become... I think you hit a certain level where it just can't work anymore and it becomes toxic, right? Because it's like now it's different if you go a little bit that way and I go a little bit this way and we go, hey, listen, we're kind of drifting. But if you go really far that way and I go really far this way, now I'm pissed, you're pissed. Now we're not even showing mutual respect to each other, right? And it's like now the environment starts to degrade. And I feel like, I honestly feel like to an extent we were at risk of that, you know, like if we didn't take some action, that was one of the reasons that we, we started the process personally. Uh, I, you know, I wanted to, to kind of dive into something. Um, obviously, you know, EOS, I, I can't remember the specific measure, but it's usually what, two to 50 million people with 10 to 250 people or something like that. You mean the companies that, that work well from EOS? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, really. that's what it was originally designed for, right? Yeah, I think it was it was designed for entrepreneurial companies who are who are um, you know tired of the status quo and you know more afraid of the status quo than actual change. And really, um, it works well in companies between uh, you know ten and two hundred fifty employees. So okay, now I I think this is important because I felt this when we were young, and this is one of the reasons we quit EOS is we were like, well, maybe we're not big enough, right? And I think for some of it, sure, that's probably true. Like the accountability chart when you got five people was kind of like, this is it, you know? But but like I, I still think that there's a lot of value. Like even in a two, three, five-person company that components of the EOS system um, would be beneficial for. So my question to you is let's speak to the person who's sub-10 people right now. And they're going, okay, I, I, you know, yes, I feel the chaos. Yes, we're still growing, but I, it's like I'm overwhelmed. I'd like to have, you know, a little bit of, uh, 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 I want to have more clarity. I, I want to do less things. I'm wearing too many hats, right? Um, which is pretty standard for most entrepreneurs. And so let's talk to that person and go, okay, what are some things that they can do 
maybe it's not a full rollout in EOS. Maybe it is. I'm curious about your perspective for a business that's sub 10 on how they can start to create some order in their business and make some sense of this, increase their clarity um, in a way that doesn't feel like they're just trying to roll out a an excessively structured thing. Right. So EOS is is a, is like a complete set of tools. So there are there are over twenty five tools in the EOS toolbox. For most companies, we start with about five of them, and I think that's you know the five, basically the five foundational tools of EOS are the way to get started in something like this. Um, when we do EOS with somebody, we actually do traction first and vision second. So in our focus day, in our first day, we help you guys get clear on your accountability chart. We help you get clear on your, on your, you know, sort of some 90 day rocks and goals. We get an issues list together for you and we help you with a scorecard. So you guys can start measuring things, uh, activity based items that get you to your goals. Yeah. And then we help you install what's called a level 10 meeting. And so for just about anybody, that's a really good path. The vision traction organizer will help you get super clear on your vision. So you guys are all on the same page. Um, and then we put a little discipline accountability in there with the level 10 meeting the rocks and your scorecards. Okay, so, so let's let's break this down a little bit. So let's imagine you're talking to a mortgage professional who has two, three, four team members. Um, what if you had to choose in in your opinion in order of this is what I would do if I was you? Um, what's like the top three EOS tools? And let's don't just talk, don't just mention them. Obviously, you're talking to somebody who most likely doesn't know what EOS is, or maybe they dipped their toe in it, but you know, kind of went back out. Let's talk about them, but let's also break down what they are and why they're critical. Sure. Okay. So the first thing I would focus on is I would, uh, you know, go to EOSWorldwide.com, you know, put your you know email address in and, and download the EOS tools. Okay. It's going to give you all of the EOS tools. This stuff is 100% free to self-implement. Um, I would say if you're a visionary in your company, I would probably, I'd probably listen to the book, get a grip just to give you some foundational, um, idea of why you should do this. Traction is more of the manual of EOS. Get a grip is more of the fable of EOS and how it works in a company. Uh, I would say those are, are a couple of must reads for you. Um, and even though EOS is a complete set of tools, if I had to narrow it down, I'd say these are the tools I'd focus on, um, Number one, take that vision traction organizer, sit down with you and your leadership team and answer the eight questions. And those eight questions, I'm going to go through those really quick just so you understand what they are. Um, you know, it's obviously not very complicated. We're asking you eight simple questions. But uh, number one is what are your core values? A lot of us, you know, we hear the term core values and, and I don't know, I guess some sort of us are repelled by it a little bit because it's, you know, you see it on a poster or or on a mug, and that's not how people learn core values. Um, what core values is in EOS is what does a good person in your organization look like? What qualities do the, does somebody that you would want to work with, somebody that you want on your team, what qualities they exhibit? And so you create the core values around, you know, not integrity and honesty, and those are a given. If you don't have those, you shouldn't be in business, right? Right. Uh, we're not going to do that. Enron, one of Enron's core values was integrity, right? So, so we get a little dated when we hear shit like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we don't do it like that. What we do is we we basically ask you to 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 list out like who on your team is a rock star, who's your best employee, what qualities they exhibit, who else. If you could clone that person, 
like if you had a hundred of them, you could take over the world and what qualities do they exhibit? What does it mean to be a great person at Good Vibe Squad? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be a great team member? And so that's what our core values are. And we want to define that for you. And then we've got to figure out your core focus. Uh, core focus is really your sweet spot. It's, it's who you should spend your precious time and money and your marketing dollars and your effort on, on focusing your message on. So we create your core focus, and that's really about who is your ideal customer. Um, what is your 10-year target? This is really about setting a you know, BHAG, like a big, hairy, audacious goal that gives you all something to work towards. Uh, question well, number four. The, the, is the one thing before you move on, one thing yeah. that was also really powerful for us that, you know, is was kind of the understanding that a 10 year goal really is a five to 10 year goal somewhere in there. Right. Because like marketing is ever changing. I mean, you know, you look at chat GPT, I mean, none of us know what marketing is going to be like in five years, 10 years, you know, but, but five is a little bit more, okay, let's, we could try to make sense of that picture a little bit easier. Right. So I think just for those listening, um, the 10 year goal is really, it's the long-term vision for, okay, what are we doing? How are we growing this thing? What, you know, what does this organization look like in the future? Um, but, but 10 years, I think is more of a, uh, kind of a recommended middle ground. It sounds like. Yeah, the timeline on on the you know ten year target is really anything from five to thirty years. It depends on you and your industry. Um, in the internet marketing world, we we have we move faster, and so almost everyone in in our marketing clients they uh, they go with a five year target. But it's anything from five to thirty. It just depends on your vision and how big it is. Um, but the but the goal here is it's not again not a huge long document written out thing. It's a very simple metric. It's like we want to hit you know fifty million in sales in the next whatever, whatever. It's just a simple goal, but it's something we can all get behind. So we can all see where we're this, where we're headed as a company. Yes. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, we do that. And, uh, question number four of the VTO is what is your marketing strategy? And, and we break that down into a couple different things, you know, uh, you know, it's your core marketing message. What are your three uniques? Um, what is your proven process and what is your guarantee? And each one of those, you know, is breaking down, broken down in the EOS tools. Um, the important thing there is when you create your 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 core marketing message, um, a lot of it is is why you do what you do, um, and it, and it's usually bigger than money. It's it's, I love your guys's message. I think it's really really powerful, um, and, and if it's okay if I share it, it's of course, it's, uh, homeownership for everyone. You know, I, I believe it's something around there. Uh, yeah, and and I love it. It's it's powerful. Um, you guys want to empower people to to own homes. It's it's the American dream. And you guys are, are pushing for that every single day. It's beautiful. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we help you define that, uh, define what your team can get behind and why you do what you do. Um, and then, of course, we, we help you create your three uniques, what makes you different than everybody else. I think that's really important when you speak to someone and you got a little elevator pitch that you, you sort of have to have about, you know, why, why would I hire you versus your competitor? And then, uh, and then we start to take that vision and we start to bring it down to the ground. We start to make it real and give it some traction with a three-year picture. So we've created this vision, this big thing that we're all after and why we do what we do and what it's like to work here and who's a good person and who we want to surround ourselves with and, and who's our ideal client. That's sort of the vision stuff. We're going to start to make that real with a three-year picture. So we're going to say, okay, if we've got to be here in five or ten years, where do we have to be in three? And not 
and we're, we're really going to visualize this at some point in this exercise. I'm going to tell you, tell you to close your eyes and imagine what it looks like, you know, and we're going to, we're going to create and we're going to paint a three-year picture because the closer we can get all of our team sort of seeing that in their mind's eye, the, the higher the likelihood is that we're actually going to achieve it. So we create a three-year picture and then we start to get real here with a one-year plan say, all right, if in three years we have to be here, what are our biggest goals over the next year? What do we have to accomplish over the next 12 months? Okay? And we're going to create a, a one-year plan. We're going to create your one-year goals. Then we're going to break that one-year goal down into quarterly rocks. And we're just going to sit down and say, what are the things that we have to get done in the next 90 days? What are our biggest business priorities? Okay. And then we're going to give you uh, something called your issues list. And we're just going to take a list of all of the things. We're going we're gonna to do a little therapy with you. We're going to get it all out of your head. We're going to get it on a piece of paper and part of your strategic plan because we all carry that stuff around with us. And it's just, guys, I'm just can't even sleep at night. You got the stuff in your head. Sure. We're going to give you a place to just drop that stuff. It's called your issues list. And then your issues list, you're going to look at that thing every single week in your level 10 meeting. So first thing, go through the vision traction organizer. Do it as a team. It's really important to get all of your team believing in the same thing, moving in the same direction, rowing in the same direction. Okay. And then you have a plan on how you're going to actually accomplish those goals. So, you know, a piece of advice for those that are listening to this, because like I said, McBee and I tried this years ago, maybe in 2018. Uh, we were a very small organization compared to what we are now, and we, we did not succeed in rolling this out, and we just said, F it, and we went forward. Um, I think part of that, too, was because we had heard of EOS concepts, and we just went, oh, okay, cool, core values, bang, bang, boom. Right. And we just like kind of did this like, I don't know, it just it, like in hindsight, I'm like we didn't put the energy and effort in that it really warranted. I mean, these are really important things. And I feel like because people have this natural like, well, this is common sense. Of course, of course, this is my audience. Of course, these are our, our core values. Like they don't get the attention they should because we think this is obvious and it's actually not as obvious as we think it is. Um, and so creating more intention around that give space for the clarity there was um one thing that uh so okay so i'm just going to make a quick recommendation if you're thinking about doing this and you want to do it right um a option a is you can hire lynn or somebody like lynn to actually guide you through this process and facilitate um i can tell you right now it's it's easily worth every penny um one of the best investments we've made in 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 our business as far as structurally uh, however, if you're either financially not in a place to hire somebody to do that, or if you just feel like you want to try this yourself, I would strongly recommend, I know he would recommend to get a grip, which is the story-based version of Traction. But Traction is kind of like the how-to for this. And uh, specifically, um, I mean, obviously, chapter one and two are probably going to be a great start. But specifically, chapter three is where things start to go over the vision traction organizer. It literally has like it breaks it down. So you can see this in, in your own, uh, you know, you can start to use these tools, like he said. Uh, and, and these tools, uh, if you go to EOSWorldwide.com, like he said, you can, uh, you can download the, they provide the tools for you to implement EOS in your own business. But, but traction is great because we tried to go at this without actually understanding the language of EOS. And honestly, I just feel like it, it, it requires a little bit of a, like initial effort. Like you can't just, this isn't something I would just hip shot because you're talking about, 
you're talking about the focus of your organization, right? You're talking about what are we aiming at? What, like, what direction are we moving in? And if you're just like, oh, well, that's obvious. Mm, not really. Not, you know, you might think it is, you. but, but your team has no clue of really that general direction. And uh, the bigger you get, the bigger tax you will pay for not being unified in that front. And so, you know, even, even McBilly and I, when we went through this process, I feel like there was light bulbs. Um, I mean, cause every day we worked together was, I mean, roughly eight hours, right? Shit. I probably had 10 light bulb moments a day, you know, where I'm like, holy shit, I never saw it like that. And these are not complex things, but they're things that I'm looking at it from a different perspective, seeing something I wasn't seeing before because we're actually intentionally going through it. We're actually looking at it. We're pulling the rock up and going, what's under here? Let's look at this. Right. And, and it's, I mean, dude, I have more clarity in my business than I've ever had, you know? And There's it's fundamental someone, stuff. It's basic, you know? Yeah, it, it, it seems like it is basic fundamental stuff. Like I said before, there's no, it's not rocket science. I, I just have more reps than you, you know? But, mm-hmm. but there's fundamentally, there's so much psychology behind and, and intentionality behind the words we use. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I saw uh, an integrator the other day. They just called their, their, their uh, weekly meeting. They called it our leadership team meeting. It's not. It's the level 10 meeting. And there's a reason we call it that, you know? And so um, that's actually... Uh, tool number two is one of the things that I, I would suggest that you do. Um, go through the VTO, get some clarity on what you're doing, and then make sure one of the most powerful things you can do is have a weekly meeting with your team. Uh, we call it the level 10 meeting because most people, if I ask them, hey, how would you rate your, your meetings on a scale of one to 10? The average would get to about four and a half, 4.5, yeah. right? Meetings suck, right? I, it's funny. I, I did a presentation this week to a group of marketing agency owners and, and I said, how many of you think meetings suck? And they all raised their hand. And I'm like, nope, your meetings suck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not everybody's meetings suck. Your meetings suck. And so we have something called a level 10 meeting. And that is the place where we get together every week and we solve your biggest problem. It's, it's, it's the place every week that you get the most traction. You make the most progress. So, um, by, by the way, I'm, I'm trying to find in here where you're talking because I'm still listening. But uh, where, I mean... Is there is is uh, is the level ten in traction? Of course, yeah. It's it's probably called the meeting pulse, and basically, there's the meeting pulse and the meeting agenda. Uh, I'd have to pull up a copy myself. I got a couple. Oh, I see. One seventy six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a couple hundred copies of that around here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So it is. It's it's uh, one seventy six. Um, yeah. And one nine one ninety six is actually the the agenda for the level ten meeting. Nice. Um, yes, it is. Yeah, here it is. So, bam. You can't probably see it, but oh, that's we have good. we have some rules about those meetings. You know, they're the same day every week. They they're the same day, same time. They start on time, they end on time, uh, and and quite frankly, they're not optional. And so, yeah. uh, we have a leadership team meeting every week. It's uh, ninety minutes, and and it's a, got a very very specific agenda yeah. for you to get the most bang for your buck out of your meetings. And why is it called the level ten? Well, again, it's it's called the level 10 because most people's meetings are about a four or five. And we've built a structure, Gino Wickman built a structure around the US that we can make these level 10 meetings. So at the end of the meeting and every week, we, we ask the question, uh, you know, how do you rate the meeting on a scale of one to 10, but 10 being the best? And what we're, what we're rating here is the effectiveness of our meeting. How effective was our meeting this week? And, and be honest, if it was a seven, say it was a seven. And then I'm gonna ask you why. I'm gonna say, okay, what would have made this a 10? Why was this a seven? And 
I believe, and everybody you know, in EOS believes that what can be measured can be improved, okay? And if we're measuring the level of our meetings, we want to improve them, we want to make them level 10s, because we want the most effective meetings possible. Yeah. When the, the level 10, honestly, was has been transformative for us. Um, a, I didn't realize how big of a gap in communication there was as you went deeper into organ, or like different teams in the organization, right? Obviously, McBee and I talk all the time. We talk a lot with Tim. We talk a decent amount with our directors. But, you know, it's like we didn't create the tools. We didn't deploy the tools for our teams to be able to communicate at that same level. And, uh, uh, you know, just the L10 structure has been so meaningful for us. And, and like, I think back to the meetings beforehand. And, and I mean, it's like if you were to ask everybody independently and anonymously, like, and they didn't have a fear of, like, I'm going to be criticized or, you know, I'm going to be somehow uh, uh, punitively hurt for this. Uh, I think the honest feedback would be meetings are pointless. Nothing gets done. You know, we're wasting time. I have other things to do. Um, and nothing, doing nothing is a better option than a bad meeting, right? And so um, it's it's interesting to look back at that. And now, like like we just had uh, last Thursday, we had our... our uh, our weekly leadership L10 and, and dude, it was beautiful. It was so efficient. We hit so many things. We had such meaningful conversation. You know, one of the things I love is just the group accountability too. I like how there's kind of a tangent alert built into this process where it's like everybody has an equal voice to be like, Hey, we're getting off track. Let's, let's stay on this. Right. And I mean, we went through, I think we had 11 issues and we hit them all. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. You know, like this, it just felt so good. And, and literally within the 90 minutes, um, I think only one of the sections we were off by two minutes, but we finished on time for the whole thing. Like we were 90 on the spot and it was just like, I can't, like, I can't, I couldn't imagine going back to not having that. You know what I mean? Like just, it, and it sounds basic. It's a meeting. It's like, yeah, of course I need meetings. But it's like a, a well-structured meeting is so much different than a meeting, right? It's like um, I actually enjoy it now. I look forward to it. And, and one of the things, too, that I learned this actually through a friend of ours. Um, they own an agency called Juicebox. They do something similar to what we do but for life insurance specialists. And they're brilliant. Jim and Brian are just brilliant. And we were, were in a mastermind together called the Stake of the Union. And I remember this was before we were on EOS – they were using a, a tool called Bloom Growth, which we used to use, right? And and so um, they got us onto that for a while. And I remember we were in a meeting at Stake of the Union, and we brought something up to Brian. And Brian was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I can get that to you on Monday. He goes into Bloom Growth. He, he just puts something on his on his uh, leadership uh, uh, L10, like, issues list and then he just hits enter and forgets about it. And he's like, yeah, we'll get, we'll get it done on Monday. And I was like, dude, I... I'm carrying around this big bag of shit that I got to deal with all day, right? And I have lists written down. I have different lists for different things. And sometimes I got to reorganize the list. And it's like just the ability to stop doing that and to empty my head of all the shit that I'm dragging around with me all the time and just go, okay, this goes into that meeting. This goes into that meeting. We'll discuss it here. We'll discuss it there. And it's like off of my conscience until that meeting is just, it's liberating, from a bandwidth perspective, having a place to actually put meaningful things and have people to talk about those things with, to be able to create solutions for, that has been so powerful for us. 
in one of the one of the things that we talk about in EOS is is compartmentalizing, and we have a spot for everything. If you want to you want to get that thing out of your head and get it on your issues list, great, boom, compartment for that. If it's one of your biggest ninety day business priorities, boom, that's a rock. We got a compartment for that. If it's something that you guys need to get done in the next seven days, it's a to do. Boom, we got a compartment for that. If it's something you don't want to forget and you want to put it on your list, but you can't get it to this quarter, it goes on the VTO. Boom, we got a compartment for that. It's just it's it's like you said it's liberating to get those things out of your head it's therapeutic uh mm -hmm. we we all carry so much around with us it's difficult yeah for sure no it's been great so, okay so so first is the vto yes. second is the l10 right yes. the the level 10 and that's weekly right so weekly and and for, it's for 90 minutes and and there's a format already in the book so if you don't have traction i would strongly recommend it we'll actually put uh, a, a link uh, in the show notes to traction so that you guys can pick it up. Um, but uh, it's a great read. It's, it's honestly to me a, a, a Bible of sorts because it's like whenever we lack, like, okay, what are we doing? How do we do? You know, it's like, obviously I can ping Lynn now, but it's like, there's times too where I'm like, I'm trying to do what's called EOS pure, which is like, let's follow the book. Right. It's like, this has been done a lot of times before me, you know, it's like, let's just follow it. Let's do the thing. And so it's, it's nice to have as reference material, you know, to have traction, to be like, okay, let, let's, let's make sure we're doing the L10 properly, right? And then you review it and go, okay, cool, right? We are, or here's where we need to make changes, or here's where we're doing it wrong. This is why the meeting keeps being a 7 instead of a 10, right? Because it's like it, the formula's there. And so um, I would strongly recommend traction. But anyway, so you got the VTO, you got the level 10. What's the third thing? Yeah, I would, I would say maybe, maybe those are a little bit out of order, but certainly the VTO first, uh, I think, you know, dialing in your accountability chart is really powerful, even if you only have three or four people. I think it's wildly important to do it because what you're going to see is you're going to see your name in a bunch of blocks. You're going to see your name in all of these different functions in your business. So, you know, in EOS, we essentially believe that there's, you know, three major functions, in your business, sales, and marketing, operations, and finance. Okay. Now, of course, we customize those for every business because sales and marketing might be two. Uh, operations might be multiple and finance could be finance, AT, IT, HR. Could, you could have a bunch of stuff there, but these are all functions that make your business go. And then well, I think, course, I think Rocky Fuel was saying too, if you have more than seven, it's probably overcomplicated. Yeah, we, I think uh, EOS in general is, uh, the, you know, we say simplify. Um, less is more. So I would say if you, you know, three to seven is kind of ideal on the major functions of your business. Um, any bigger than it gets a little more complicated and gets a little more complex and your meetings are, you know, your, your quarterlies run longer and your vision building days run longer and things like that. But, um, one of our goals really is to simplify. And so, uh, we talk about, you know, simplification a lot and make it simple. And so if you, if you build that out and you have to write your name in every box, th then you realize you've got sort of a, a, an issue and some people don't realize it until I ask them, okay, I see you're in three boxes there do you have the capacity to do this job at 100%? Do you have enough time in your day to do all three jobs? And the answer is almost no, it's no if you're in three boxes because yeah, you're splitting your time. You got to get 33% here, 30, maybe 50% here, and the other 20 or 12% Guess I'm not sleeping. <laughs> yeah, you guess you're not sleeping, right? You got to work double. So I think there's so much clarity in just building out the structure of your company and your accountability chart, not what it looks like today, but what it needs to look like six to 12 months from now for you to hit the goals that you've set for yourself. So let's, so. let's talk about the accountability chart. Cause this was something okay. I, you know, I just went through rocket fuel once again, and obviously we've been through some, 
of vision building days and I've gone through traction in the past. And so I'm, I'm, I'm probably more familiar than a lot of people with, with EOS and I'm still learning every time I dive into it. Um, I read yesterday more about the accountability chart that gave me kind of a fresh perspective that I didn't even have until yesterday. So I think it would be really fruitful if you could just kind of give what, what really is, is an accountability chart? What goes on it? What are we putting in the boxes? Let's, let's kind of break that down for the listeners. Great. So we're going to start your accountability chart by figuring out the major functions of your business. You know, we're going to start with sales and marketing operations and finance. And then if you tell me, no, Lynn, we've got two separate departments, we've got a sales department, we've got a marketing department, then we make more, right? So that's the basic concept. We're going to build the basic functions of your business. And then what we're, we're going to do, we're not putting names in it. We're going to define the roles for each, each of those major functions. So in sales, what is sales responsible for? The question I like to ask, if you could hire the Michael Jordan of sales, what would you want them to do? What would you have them do in your company? Okay. And then you list, okay, they're responsible for sales. They're responsible for revenue or whatever, whatever. So this is, this is high level have. stuff. You're not getting tactical as far as they're going to take this specific call. They're going to do this specific script. It's more that you're talking about as a department, this is what they're responsible for. Yes. Yeah, so what, what is the function? We're not even talking about people. We're not talking about people at all. What is the function of your sales department to generate revenue, to, to, to close deals, to get leads, whatever that is, three to three to five. We typically like to do five roles and, and really no more. So what are the five major roles of the sales department? Then we're gonna move on to operations. What are the five major roles of the operations department? Then we're gonna do what are the five major roles of finance, okay? Then we're gonna move up to your integrator spot. And the integrator is the guy that makes it all run. It's, it's the person sort of between the visionary and the, the other functions of your business. It's the person that, uh, you know, handles leadership, management, accountability, holds people accountable, actually makes sure that the vision gets, gets executed. And so, um, and then, of course, we have to define their five roles. What is it that the, the integrator does? And then we move up to the visionary. What are the five roles of the visionary? So those are things like, um, you know, the big relationships, uh, bring in 20 ideas to every meeting, the big picture stuff. Uh, some, often it's culture, you know. Uh, you're driving the culture of your business. And so we're going to define the functions of your business. We have not, we've not listed titles. You know, it's not the VP of, we, we get away from that stuff because that stuff leads to egos sure. and whatever. Yeah. All we're building is the function. And we're going to define what your company looks like for the next six to 12 months. We're going to build this accountability chart. Then and only then can we start to put the right people in the right seats. Okay. Right people it's just people who meet your core values, people that, that consistently exhibit the core values that you've def defined for your company. Right person, right seat means or the right seat are people who are really good at their jobs. These are people who they get it, they want it, and they have capacity to do it. And when we combine that, we can define the functions of the thing and we can start putting people in the right seats. And now we've got clarity across your entire organization. And then we build it out down in each of those departments so that everybody in your team has clarity about their function and their role in the company. Mm. That's great. Um, you know, that, that was actually something that I even noted yesterday was uh, in, in Rocket Fuel. Because, man, it's like my, that book is like graffitied after yesterday. Um, is the separation of title and, and, you know, because it's like, and I agree, it's like, you know, yeah, CEO, visionary, it's like, 
what do they do? What's the difference? And and they even recommend in Rocket Fuel to, uh, if you're up for it, just remove those titles. Just don't, right? So instead of a VP of operations, they're an integrator, period. That's it, right? Instead of a CEO, you're a visionary. That's your job. And it was interesting to me because, you know, most of the leadership had LMA, lead, manage, and hold people accountable as one of the main functions. And I would agree with that in, in concept. But I found it interesting that the visionary didn't necessarily have LMA in the example set forth in Rocket Fuel. And that was kind of a new thing to me because I'm like, if you have the integrator set up for success and doing everything properly, they're the one holding the team accountable. Yeah, that was just right. kind of like I was like, oh, shit. OK, yeah, I want to give you a little clarity around LMA, too. So, you know, we, we you know, like you've noted a couple of times, uh, EOS has a lot of intellectual property and in the, in the way they've named things. Uh, LMA is leadership management accountability. We like to say in EOS is that leadership plus management equals accountability. So if you do a good job of leading and managing, you have accountable teams. So mm -hmm. Nice. Um, okay, so, I mean, we're getting, we're, get, we're getting towards the end of this, Lynn. So, um, I mean, obviously for, for those that have stuck around and, and you know, that person is somebody who's resonates with the message of there's there's probably more chaos than order. They're overwhelmed. They're wearing a bunch of hats. They're doing a lot of different jobs, um, which is kind of the un the untold story of entrepreneurial journey and growth, right? And so for somebody in that situation, you've recommended they build their VTO, their vision traction organizer. They set up their uh, uh, level 10 meeting with their leadership team. And, and that's actually something that you can even, once the leadership team's in on it and understands it, you can even go to you know, teams or departments specific and have those uh, throughout your organization. And then, and then also setting up the accountability chart so we really know, it's not, not even starting with people, but we know what needs to happen in the organization. And then you can essentially cross-hash that with who you do have and go, is this the right person? And is this the right person in the right seat? Uh, and, and potentially move some people. Maybe you'll identify people you need and don't have. Maybe you'll identify people you have and don't need, right? And, and then through that process, just getting clear on, on that as an organization. I think that those, those are some brilliant starting steps. Uh, picking up, uh, as Lynn recommended, uh, uh, um, uh, Get a Grip, and, and, and then I recommend Traction. Uh, I think the sum of those two books gives a great understanding of this process. Um, but, uh, you know, one thing I would recommend if, if you guys are, uh, if you're at a point in your business too where you're, you have the revenue, because the way I look at Lynn is like, he's worth every penny, but the reason it's valuable is I'm, I'm a big fan of buying speed. And my question is, how long is it going to take me to try to do what he's doing if I didn't have him? Right. And so to me, it's like, this is a no brainer because we tried this once without an, an implementer. And we ended up not doing it. That's not to say people can't. But if you're already in a state of overwhelm, if you're already going, I have too many hats, adding the implementer function to roll this out is challenging. It's not to say it can't be done. It's challenging. So I would strongly recommend at least have a discussion with Lynn or an implementer maybe that you, you might know uh, and, and see what it would look like. Because I can tell you right now, um, it's worth every penny because we're doing it right the first time. Right, because like, what if you tried this for a year and you didn't get liftoff? 
right? What if you did this for a year and you didn't get the, the outcome you were hoping for? That's a long time. What's the cost of that, right? Well, to me, it's much easier to buy speed, right? I'd rather have it done right the first time and know that, that Lynn's guiding us the direction we need to go. You even get this really cool binder uh, to go with the process. Not that that's the selling point, but it does help organize thoughts and such. Uh, and having that shared and unified uh, uh, vision and direction for the company has been huge. And, and I, I really want that for all of our listeners. I want that for people that maybe you're just the only person. Um, and, and you know, for instance, if you are the only person, the accountability chart is going to help you identify what you need to grow. Because you're already doing all these things as the solo entrepreneur. But maybe you'll identify the next key higher, right? What's the next step? What's the next step? And uh, just creating that clarity because there's so many shiny objects in 2023. There's so many easy distractions and there's everything is vying for your attention and your wallet. Um, and most of them lead you to dead ends. And so the cool thing about EOS is it helps sift through all that noise and, and, and it really does give you a clear uh, understanding and direction that you and the business need to go in. And so I, I want that for everybody here. And, and EOS isn't the only solution for this. Um, you know, I, I, we had previously gone through, uh, there's kind of a competing school of thought, um, you know, like uh, Vern Hartman. Scaling, scaling up is one. Scaling up, you know, mastering Rockers, the Rockefeller habits, Rockers, right? Another one, Rockefeller. Yep. yep, there's a lot of, a yeah. lot. All great. I've, I've gone through all those, 100%. you know. Um, but, uh, but I think it's like, it doesn't matter to me which, which one you orbit around, but I, I feel like if you don't have an operating system for your business and yourself within the business, um, you can waste a lot of time. You can spend years, decades drifting and, uh, you deserve better than that. Your, your family deserves better than that. Your future deserves better than that. And so this is one of the easiest ways to, to get the, you know, the growth that you, you know, you're capable of and you need and you want, um, that clarity, I know it sounds simple. Um, and I've had conversations with people that are like, yeah, it just, it sounds too basic. It sounds like I already know my core values. I already yada, 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 you know? And it's like, yeah, but then why are you struggling? I mean, if we're being honest, if we're calling a spade a spade, you know, you don't have what you don't want because you aren't who you need to be to hold it. Your organization isn't who you need it to be to hold it, right? And it's like, if you want, for instance, why are we at 5 million? Why aren't we at 10 million? Because there was shit we didn't, we thought we knew we didn't know. That's a big part of the reason. I, I feel like if you would have asked me a year ago, how are you going to get to 10 million? I would, have, I would have either had to lie to you or tell you, I'm figuring that out. I'm still learning that. And now I feel a much more clarity around how to get to 10 million than I've ever had before. And so it's like, yeah, it's fundamental stuff. It's basic stuff, but it's it's also basic stuff that most likely, if you're anything like me, you've taken for granted, and it it's basic stuff that warrants care, love, attention, and intention, so that you can actually do it right, um, so that you can do it consistently. And uh, so EOS has been phenomenal. I, I'm a big fan of it. Lynn is a phenomenal implementer. Um, I highly recommend Lynn. I mean, if, if, if you know you have to or want to implement yourself, go for it. But um, the, the value of having somebody guide us in this process is damn near priceless. So um, if nothing else, I would strongly recommend a connection to Lynn um, uh, so that you can at least have that resource and, and you know, Pull, pull some from his his just organic content and such. Um, Lynn, before we before we uh, end the podcast, I want to ask you. Normally, I ask at the end what somebody's favorite book is or or what a book that's really more transformative. 
uh, of recent, you know, time. But for you, I, I want to recommend, and maybe you already said it, maybe you didn't, but what's an EOS-related book that you would recommend to somebody starting this journey? Like, okay, what's the first one you recommend? And then, and then also, what's a, a book that's not EOS-related that's been very transformative for you? Great. Uh, I love the question. Uh, as far as the EOS books goes, there's a whole traction library. So there's, there's, there's a bunch of them. There's, there's traction, which is obviously the manual for, for EOS. That's really good for somebody who's like the, the get it done kind of implementer kind of person, integrator sort of person. Um, get a grip is what I recommend for the visionary. I really recommend the visionary kind of reads the get a grip book. I think it's, I think it gives you a better visionary understanding of EOS and why you need to put it in place. Uh, now, before uh, we move on, Lynn, is it is it fair to say that most people that are feeling that chaos and wearing all those hats, do those people tend to be the visionary in your experience? I, I yeah, hundred percent. I believe that's true. So I, you know, EOS obviously wants us to to to, you know, tell you to read traction, and and I think you should. It's, but if you're not sure if you should do do EOS, if you're just thinking about like, hey, I wonder if it's for me, read Get a Grip, and I think you'll sense. understand why you should do it, and I think it'll make a lot more sense to you as the visionary. When you're ready to do it and you're like, okay, I'm doing this, and you, or, I, or I really want a deep understanding of traction uh, or, or VOS, then you read traction. So those are my, my two biggest recommendations. There's a bunch of other books in the in this series on how to be a great boss. And then once you start EOS, then you'll want to get, uh, you know, what the heck is EOS? You want that for your team. For your team. Uh, there's a book on process and, and things like that. So some other ones there. But uh, for the visionary, it's for me, it's get a grip. Um, and then once you kind of understand that you really want to do EOS, then it's traction. Nice. Okay. As far as a book outside of EOS, I'm I'm a voracious reader, and I I, I love to read. I think the I'm going to give you more than one because I I just you know I got to bring tons of value. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Actually, uh, I think Mark Twain once said that I would have wrote a shorter letter, but I didn't have time. So <laughs> this, this is yeah. my this is my attempt of of not being able to you know we in EOS we teach you we make you cut it down to one. I'm not going to be able yeah. to do that here. Um, Atomic Habits by James Clear is one of the best books I've read in a long time. Yeah, um, it's really, really good about building, you know, habits and discipline. I think um, Billy loves that book. The Alter Ego Effect by Todd Herman has been a transformative for me. I think as somebody who's you know had a, a, a bit of imposter syndrome in their life, you know, you're, you're doing okay, but you see all these other people doing so much better, and you wonder why I'm not there, and the challenge. You just yeah. wonder, am I really any good at this? And and so the Alter Ego Effect has been really, really good. Uh, to kind of understand, you know, building a persona that that will help you, you know, become the person you want to become. I th think that was really good. Interesting. Uh, just recently, I started reading uh, "10x is Easier Than 2x." Yes. Uh, that is uh, um, uh, for st strategic coach, uh, obviously uh, Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. Benjamin Hardy, it's yeah. Fantastic book. And then um, the other one that's sort of been transformative for me in this last year has been uh, "Buy Back Your Time" by Dan Martell. Yeah. Another just amazing, amazing book. Yeah. You know, there's i I'll have to get it to you. There was a, uh, uh, McBilly and I were at the mastermind of paradise mastermind, uh, cause that's part of Russell Brunson's inner circle for, you know, the click funnels community. And, um, he had a special guest. We didn't know it cause he doesn't announce these things. They just show up. And, uh, Benjamin Hardy was there for the inner circle members. And he did like a 60, 70 minute, like, breakdown and, he, and it was essentially 
what I would consider the middle ground between the gap and the gain, and 10x is easier than 2x, which obviously him and Dan, uh, Dan Sullivan co-authored both. And, uh, dude, I, I honestly feel in that roughly hour, McBee and I the whole time were just like, like just just getting waterboarded with just just I, like I I honestly felt like we got a, a shortcut uh, to s- some some like forbidden knowledge like it was crazy. Uh, I'll have to get that to you because um, I'm a huge fan of 10x is easier than 2x and those guys are so smart. You know, um, you you just reminded me. Um, another one of my favorite authors. If we probably got all of his books behind me here is uh, Mike McCallowitz. And I saw him speak uh, a few about a year ago. I saw him speak at a at a conference I was at, and he was just he was just fucking an, amazing. Like he was a, a incredible speaker, uh, and his whole it was he was speaking on his book Get Different, and that's a really really fabulous book too. I didn't read Get Different. I read obviously uh, um, uh, Clockwork, and then uh, probably Profit First and Profit First. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. yeah, that's the OG one. Yeah, so so profit. Well, no, I guess he had one called Pumpkin something before. Oh, the Pumpkin Plan also, yeah. Pumpkin Plan, that's the OG one. But but uh, yeah, uh, Profit First and Clockwork were great, um, just conceptually too, because like, I I feel like early on, uh, Profit First was kind of a transformative mindset for me, because like I I didn't think that way, and it's like so easy not to think that way. But it's like if you're running a business, Profit First is like duh, like that's the only way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so many of us make decisions. We do, we do sort of bank account uh, decision making. We look at the bank account. Is there money there? Well, then, if there is, then we'll go. We can purchase stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and we're not really putting the money in the right places. Dan Kennedy uh, has a joke where he talks about um, he talks about his ex wife uh, and uh, and and how bad she was at accounting. Um, he quotes her as saying, "What do you mean we're out of money? We still have checks left." <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's so good. That's so funny. That's funny. awesome. Yeah. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for stopping by on the Lynn Setter Show and, and adding this value for our listeners. I, I, I know that uh, um, this has changed our life. And w- the cool thing is we're still on the front front end of this. I mean, you know, this is what we're – we hired you. We're, we're 60 days in maybe. 60, 90, 90 days. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, the, the amount of clarity I have in such a short amount of time. I mean, it's, it's, it's changing the way that – I look at my relationship with our, our, our uh, integrator. Uh, it's looking at the way I, I, I it, it's changing the way I look at my relationship with the business. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm much less interested at this phase of my life in doing the tactical and returning to the strategy, returning to the, the, the building of the business. And, uh, it's, it's just been really good because like, to be honest, and I think most people feel this way when you get into businesses, I felt like I was drowning in it and it's very hard to zoom in and out of strategy, tactic, strategy, tactic, right. And, and be the owner and the person doing things. It's just challenge. It's, it's doable, but it's not sustainable. Right. And so it's like, there's nothing wrong with diving in periodically and going, okay, cool. I'll, I'll help on this project or I got this new idea. Let's see how it works. But it's like, once you realize, oh shit, I'm stuck here. You know, it's like, it's like the, the time machine won't let us go back. You know, um, that's a dangerous place to be. And that's where I feel like I, I wound up and, and I feel like it's so easy. Most people do wind up there. Um, dude, it's changed my life. And so I'm very grateful that, uh, you know, you've, You've been here on this journey to help us make this real, and and uh, I know I know because we tried once and failed. Um, I think the likelihood that if we would have tried twice and failed is decent if we didn't have you. So I'm very grateful. 
Well, I, I've, you know, getting together with you and your team is, is always the highlight of my, of my week, of my, of my journey and, uh, getting to know you guys has been, uh, a blessing. So I'm, I'm really grateful for you and McBilly and your entire team. Uh, and, and thanks for having me on the podcast. For There's sure, so much, we, in, so much EOS we didn't get to talk about today. Oh, uh, I know. It's, it's, I don't know. We talked about it being simple, but it's not easy. You know, it's, Correct. it's, it's just simple, timeless concepts. Um, a good friend of mine said to me, and she, one of her favorite quotes is, you know, there's guesswork, there's hard work, and then there's frameworks. And EOS is a framework, you know, uh, EOS is a framework to help you get, uh, to reach your goals and to achieve your vision. Um, you know, it's, it's, well, it's, you know, and one of the things I've learned too, is it's, uh, this, and the, whether it be planning for your business, whether it be marketing, everybody's worried about the tactics like that. And we're in a very tactical era of business and marketing and all of that. But the things that make the money are timeless. They're fundamentals. They are basic, but they're not simple, but it's like, it's the consistent action of that thing is what makes the money. Yeah. Money, money, honestly, from everything I've observed, money responds well to consistency with the right behaviors. And, uh, and so I think simple, but not easy is a great way to break it down. Um, you know, the money's in the fundamentals and this is a series of fundamentals. Um, so Lynn, uh, with that said, um, let's say I got some, some people that listen to podcasts that want to connect with you. They got some questions. Maybe they want to hire you. How, how should they reach out to you? Oh, okay. So a couple of things. Uh, one, let's just talk about a quick 15 minute discovery call. If you're, if you're interested in EOS, you want to hear, you know, what we do. Um, we, we essentially help you get better at three things. You know, we're going to help your company get better at vision. We're going to help you get, get everybody on your, on your team, hundred percent on the same page with where you're going and how you're going to get there. We're going to help you get better with traction. We're going to help you install discipline, accountability, so that wherever you look in your company, top to bottom from, from the visionary all the way down to the lowest employee, you guys see people executing on your vision every single day and then healthy. We're going to help you get healthier. We're going to make your team a more functional, cohesive, open, honest, and fun loving team. Um, because quite honestly, most often we're not right. Mm -hmm. And if that's interesting to you, let's get on a call. Let's just see if this is a good fit for you and how EOS starts. It starts with a 90 minute meeting. So we come together with you and your team 90 minute meeting. There's no charge for that. And I'm going to walk you and your leadership team through the entire EOS process. If you guys decide that's a good fit for you, we can move forward. We can schedule focus day. So jump on a quick call with me. I'm sure we can get a, a link, uh, scheduling sure. something in the show notes. So, so, um, so 15 minute call, how much does that cost? No, there's zero. No, no, no. There's no charge for the 15 minute call. There's no charge for the 90 minute meeting. If what you guys are curious about EOS, one of my core values is, is, uh, help first. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, that's a no brainer. Uh, uh, I thought, I thought that we paid for the 90 minute call. Yeah. I, dude, I think you need, you guys need to start charging for that. Cause that was quite valuable. <laughs> that's awesome. I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. So I'm sure, I'm sure we can get a link here on the, on the podcast. Uh, you can schedule a, just a little discovery with call with me to see if it's a good fit. I can understand, I can explain to you a little bit. We can get a 90 minute meeting schedule. We can get that on a calendar. You can get your whole leadership team together. We'll come in and we'll do 90 minutes of EOS for you and, 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 see if that makes sense for you to see if, well, one, if I'm a good fit for you and, and two, if you're a good fit for me, uh, because there are 649 EOS implementers in the world of which I am one. Um, and if maybe we're not a good fit, uh, there are, there are others out there that I can refer you to, uh, that might be in your city, might be in your area, uh, and, and want to make sure that you guys get the best EOS implementation possible. 
to be fair though if y'all aren't a good fit it's it's not lynn it's probably you yeah it's uh, definitely you <laughs> <laughs> so uh awesome yeah i'll make sure we put a link to to that in uh in the show notes so awesome lynn thank you again so much for stopping by the lens setter show and, and and helping out uh all of our listeners um i hope you guys got some value from this episode um, make sure that you check out the other episodes as well. And, uh, don't forget to get some of the books that we talked about in this podcast. If you're really trying to grow yourself, your business, uh, those are going to be really powerful. I mean, honestly, I have read, uh, uh, every book that we had talked about today, I've actually gone through, um, except for the pumpkin plan. I haven't read that one, but, um, I'm aware of it. Um, Anything that we've talked about on this podcast is going to be a great book for you to read if you're looking for it. But specifically, start with um, if you're a visionary, which is the person who's wearing all the hats and struggling to kind of balance everything, you probably are the visionary. And then, uh, uh, as Lynn said, start with Get a Grip. And then um, if you're actually looking to deploy EOS and you want kind of a resource to be able to go back to, almost an owner's manual, if you will, uh, Traction's a great book for that. So um, – with that said, guys, I, I think we got a complete show. Lynn has one more thing he wants to say, it looks like. One last thing. If you guys want to get on a 15-minute call with me and, and it makes sense to move forward, I, do you send me your address? I'll send you a copy of Traction. Oh, well, there you go. Free book, baby. I love the, I love the Get a Grip audiobook. I, I think that's, I think that's a, a good listen. So I would do the audiobook at Get a Grip and then get on a 15-minute call with me and see if we move forward with a 90 and I'll send you a copy of Traction. Boom. There you go. Book the call. Get a free book. And, and I do agree, actually. Uh, I did the audiobook of Traction, and I, and it's it's too. I feel like it's too technical uh, and specific to the, like the audiobook's cool. I guess if you're going through it together, but this is actual. There's like visuals. There's you know there's charts and breakdowns. It's I don't think Traction's a good book for audiobook unless it's supported by a visual reference. Um, you know, if you just like somebody reading to you as you visually go through the lines, like go for it. But um, I can, I agree. Get a Grip is a much better audiobook, uh, and Traction's a much better physical copy. And if you book a call with Lynn, he's going to send you a copy of Traction. Um, so get your copy. Hard, hard, hardcover, baby. Oh, hardcover. Oh, too good for that. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't got that hardcover, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop one into the mail to you today so you can have something else <laughs> to write. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Lynn, thank you so much, guys. Thank you for watching this episode of the Lensetter Show, and we will see you on the next episode. Super fun. Thanks for having me.